0: So, um, everybody wants to know, did you pluck the hair off your lip? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure everyone wants to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did. That shit hurt, man. Dude, that, that makes really your fucking... It,
1: my eyes watered for sure. Your eyes water like crazy any yeah, hair I finally left. did it yesterday. A, a full week later
0: after... That's amazing. It
1: was so good. But I had to find the perfect light because I had to do my brows too because I was doing a video. So I was like, "Ah, I might as well just grab it.
0: Isn't it the weirdest with your brows? Like you think they're fine and you go to a different bathroom and you're like, what the hell? How did this happen? I know. You have to go to
1: like five different mirrors (laughs) to see in different light. (laughs) So yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'll just grab it. It's fine. Um, But today's episode, well, first of all, uh, we like that you guys laughed your ass off on episode 162, yeah, we did. thank God, <laughs> and then we re-listened to it and then laughed. I was on my walk again and I just started cracking up listening to it. I was like, is it okay to laugh at your own podcast? Oh my gosh, yeah. You laugh at your own jokes? I did. It was so funny.
0: <sighs> it was pretty good.
1: But you know what I liked is a lot of people were like, we can all relate. Thank I'm like, God. you know what? This ha- this is happening to everybody. There, Everyone's had a close call. Yep. Like. It's normal, people. We're here to just make you feel normal, which is exactly what we say in our Instagram bio. It is
0: so true. (laughs) It is so true. It is. One last thing I remember, um, I was thinking we were talking about the hairs, and my grandma has to shave now. And I'm not looking forward to that day.
1: Yeah. I remember, like, I started getting my lip threaded. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what do you think about, like, my beard, like, these hairs? And she was like, well, they're, they're still blonde, so, like, probably don't do anything. She goes, but honestly, she goes, I have a lot of older women who come in and they want their entire face waxed. And she goes, and I do it, but it looks really, like, it looks waxy. Mm-hmm. And so my mom has this little...
0: What's that thing? What I was going to tell you. I bought it because of your mom. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, she gave me hers, and I said, no, keep it, and then I bought my own, but it's like this. And then this
1: I, and she gave it to me, and I lost it, <laughs> but I need to get
0: one. It's, uh, what is it? It's like this little round thing from Walgreens, and it just kind of shaves off the baby hair, but it doesn't shave. It just it kinda trims right? it a yeah. little bit. Like I it. like it. I like it. It makes my face feel really smooth when I remember to use it.
1: Yeah, and I feel like sometimes when you wax, it just feels a little, it looks a little bit too like you are at a wax museum.
0: I've never waxed my face. No, no, I never
1: have, but I've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, so today we wanted to chat about one thing that, and to basically, long story short, I was on my walk and I didn't have a bathroom in it, but I was listening to um next level tribe with which is a book that we've mentioned a couple times on here we've had danny coleman on the podcast to talk about it and my ex-husband jay tita you guys know uh both wrote it together so it's called next level tribe and it's all about social connection and something that danny talks a lot about which is social agility and something that jade talks about which is like having an honor code and like how you show up in the world and so you know I knew it would be good cuz obviously they're both geniuses but I hadn't I hadn't actually read the book yet and so today I was like I knew it went on Audible and I wanted to hear like their voice cuz it was like so cute so I ended up listening to it and there's this part where Danny goes into an exercise about how to come up with like your honor code or what you stand for when we've talked about this a little bit like how to show up in the world having like you know things that are important to your ways of being or characteristics that you want to embody and and really that being a conscious choice and so the exercise I thought was really interesting it was like if you don't know what your values are your personal values because a lot of people don't right Mm -hmm. they're like oh I guess I just stand for honesty and like you just say whatever right these random things we never actually think about it He said, one of the ways that you can come up with your own set of values is to write a list of your anti values. And I was like, ooh, this is Mm -hmm. juicy. These, this is like the things that about, and so I had to start to think about people in my life or people I knew and like what was off putting maybe about them me and not that they're off-putting in general. We've talked about that a little bit in like the toxic people episode. It's not that anyone's better or worse, you know, whatever. It's just like you prefer certain characteristics in people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you and I have a lot of overlap, which is why we do so well in business together in the podcast. And so I was like, this is juicy. And I took out a list and I wrote like a list of like, I don't know, like 15 or 20 things. And one of them or a couple of them were gossiping, And like kind of a victim mentality, blaming, complaining, drama queen. Like those were kind of my, some of my anti-values. And then you go, okay, well, if my anti-value is gossiping, what's the opposite of that? And the opposite, the closest I can come up with is like being your integrity, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not willing to gossip for the sake of gossip, right? To feel in the know. We've talked about that a little bit. And- I wanted to like kind of talk a little bit about like, okay, what's the opposite of being like a drama queen? Mm -hmm. It's like level headedness. It's, you know, being steadfast, being like, you know, um, confident in yourself and not feeling like you need to create drama. It's like level headedness and being able to competency and stuff like that. And it was actually really, and so if you guys have not picked up the book, go ahead and pick it up, Next Level Tribe, and then do the exercise. I think it was really cool to kind of see, okay. And it was interesting because I'm like, as I was creating the values from the anti-values, I was like, I don't know that I fully... what's the word, like, like, I don't know if I'm fully, like, actualized in these quite yet, but mm-hmm. that's where I want to move to. Like, I won't say I'll never, goss- I never gossip, but I, I want to not gossip.
0: Yeah. I love having a list like that. I remember going to Danny's house, and on his fridge, he had written out some things, and I actually snapped a picture, because I was like, I really like this, and I like creating something that you do stand for. And I always remember that quote, that if you, it says, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Mm. And I think that is, a really great practice to really kind of know what you stand for even in business you know you, there's a lot of people who say write a mission statement and know what your business stands for but as a person I love the practice and I lo- when you told me this afternoon about the anti thing I was like oh that's good I, th- I feel like we can find a lot of answers sometimes when we look in the opposite if we were like I don't know what I want to do like okay what do you not want to do right that, yep. that seems to help or
1: what about like that per- interacting with that person feels off to you yeah you know I had to think to myself and I, I notice even when I do certain things I'm like oh I don't like that about myself. You can have that kind of visceral feeling. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, you know, I love the and most of us just don't do this, but when you have a set of values, it drives your decision. So Mm -hmm. for example, obviously, you know, we're in the middle of like lockdown, we're in the middle of kind of quarantine right now. And so when all this kind of started happening, I literally did make a conscious choice of like how I was gonna show up in my business for my clients. I was like, it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of anxiety and scarcity and uncertainty and fear. Am I going to let my default brain just take me down that road or am I going to consciously choose to be level-headed, to be a leader, to step up, to, to hold it down for my clients, to be that, you know, kind of competent person? And, you know, that's a conscious choice. And I think when you have your values, you go, okay, Who would someone who doesn't gossip, what would they do in this situation? You know, so as much as you maybe want to add to the conversation or feel like you're in the know, it's like, that's, I said that I don't want to be a gossip. So what do I do in this situation? And it drives your decisions, which I think is really cool.
0: I I do love that. It does drive your decisions. So, you know, you say like a drama queen, um, somebody who makes a big deal out of everything. And sometimes we think that drama is always interpersonal. It's always gossip, but it could be even in the situation with COVID-19 is just catastrophizing everything. And I think if you are really, you have to be conscious of it because it could be really easy to go down that road and not even realize you're dramatizing things and making, I think, um, and just mentioning, going back to the drama thing, I feel like sometimes drama is an addiction that the people I know who really are, you know, I feel like drama queen and bringing up drama it's almost like it's it is an addiction and i think that's something that some people you do have to become aware of to stop to stop do you think
1: it's because we want we like the feeling of attention like what is that like everyone kind of knows that person who over overreacts when they're sick maybe maybe they play it up when they're sick maybe it's even like you know it's always like guys who play it up and you're like what is that is it that they get attention is it that they get sympathy is it that they get like oh my god like you know you have it the worst are you the biggest martyr around like what is what is the idea behind that
0: i really think it probably is that it's the attention it is the um Gosh, I don't know. I'm, I'm picturing a couple of people in my life and I'm trying to figure, I'm like, <laughs> all of us are. Mm. Yeah. I'm like this person trying to think of the last circumstance. It seems like it is kind of an attention thing and maybe just, um, it's a victim-y kind of place to be too. You
1: know what's interesting is one of my mentors actually said to me, um, like, this is just something he always said. He's like, you know, if people, two people are in a relationship and one is always complaining about the other person they're getting something out of that relationship too. And I was like, that makes, at at surface level, it doesn't make any sense. You're like, you're complaining about this person constantly. Why are you in this relationship? Right. But it's like, they're getting something out of it too. So is it the fact that they're like the one being done wrong all Mm -hmm, the time, mm -hmm. you know? And that's obviously going back to even infidelity. We, you and I both could have played up that role way bigger than we ever Then, you know, we did, Mm -hmm. I mean, we played it pretty fucking big, but like we could have, you know, really doubled down on that and just continue to collect sympathy and have people agree with us and be justified what well, we chose to move on
0: I think a lot of people it becomes their identity and I'm doing um, I'm working on a TED talk about identity and I so I started doing a little bit of research this week just on why we create identity and it gives us a sense of like certainty right mm. so you know when you said your honor code you know I know some families feel like that I feel like you guys as the Coleman's you guys have kind of a like this is what Coleman's do um, which is really cool and I think that you know certain tribes um, and certain sports teams like we we choose to to identify as a certain thing because it gives us a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times with the drama, it is the identity, like wh- whether it's the victim and they blow it out of proportion or or they're better than and so they blow other people's stuff out of proportion. I really believe it's tied to their identity, which makes it more difficult to stop. Because when you think something is a part of you or, or that's like what you grasp onto, it's hard to let it go. Yep. Like the victim mentality, the victim identity actually is a hard one to let go of because sometimes that's all people have or it's all they think they have. You know, if I'm not what happened to me, then what am I? And that's scary. If you don't know who you are, you feel, it's scary. And it's scary. so
1: hard to, uh, To even be open to feedback when you're in that place, too. You know, I look back, I was definitely a huge, huge victim mentality up until I was probably 29 years old when I started doing personal development. And if someone at that time had tried to be like, hey, Jill, like, could you see this a different way? Like, maybe they didn't mean that. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Of course they meant it. Like, you're just you are in this default where you feel like the world or people are out to get you. And that there's a malicious intent behind everything and that it's like you against them. And it's like this very kind of, um, polarizing place to live where it feels really hostile. Like, what's that? Yeah. It's like, what's that uh quote? I think it's your dude. I forget what he said. Wayne like. Dyer. Yeah.
0: When you choose, uh, this is exactly what I was thinking of. He's like, when you uh, change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.
1: Yeah.
0: I I mean, I was, this is exactly what I was thinking of when you were saying it, but it's so true. I, I remember when I was a teenager and I was pregnant and all those things, I, I mean, literally, Everything was happening to me. I blamed my parents. I blamed my, the society. I blamed everyone. And I had my counselor who kind of like, she made me like, and I've told this before, she made me read Man's Search for Meaning um, by Viktor Frankl. I didn't get it. She told me to go read it again because she's like, what's the moral of the story? And I told her something. She's like, nope, try again. And basically she was trying to tell me that I was creating... The problems for myself, and I'm like, and no, I did it. Yeah. Like you don't know my life, <laughs> you don't know what my mom said to me, and and it was like, yeah, there were issues, there were real things happening, but I was definitely making things way worse for myself than I needed to be, and I I didn't want to hear it but it did serve me eventually, but it is hard to get to that place. You have to, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow.
1: It's really hard because like you said, if you don't have that, then, then it means you have to take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, if it's not their fault, then, and I don't even think it's your fault either. Like I don't think sure. it's not their fault. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget one of my earliest mentors in business said to me take just complete responsibility for everything even the things that you didn't do that put you in the position that you were right so obviously going back to you know what were the aftermath of affairs and divorce it's like fuck you like this wasn't i didn't do this but i'm here so i have to take responsibility for this new situation or i can continue to blame yeah
0: All right, quick break here to talk about our sponsor of this episode, Noissue.co. So Noissue is an amazing uh, custom sustainable packaging company. And what I love about this, I just love the custom customizability, is that a word, of these uh, tissue papers, packing envelopes, stickers, everything you could think of. Y'all, if you have a business or a product that you send out or even just events that you host, you know details make such a big difference how everything looks and ties together and this is a company where you can upload your logos up your upload your own designs and create these really unique experiences and gifts that just are very memorable and not only do they have that cool like special touch everything is um it's either recyclable it is compostable or it is reusable and so it's very environmentally friendly we all know you know amazon we get so many boxes of shipments and and stuff that's just not great for the environment and it just turns into landfill waste. And so they are really committed to making sure everything is reusable, recyclable, or compostable. So I'd love for you to check it out. Just go over to their website, it's really cool. It's a really cool concept. Go to noissue.co and anything you purchase, if you type in the best life, we are gonna save you some dough. So check it out and we'll see you back in the episode. You know, one thing
1: I think about with um drama too, I think it's so like kind of personality driven. I'll give you guys an example. It's perception driven, right? It's like how how serious of a thing is this, really? And I think you and I are both like very easygoing when it comes to like most of the people we hang out with are. I was walking, this is like maybe six months ago or so. I was walking in Venice and Venice, California, and Venice Beach, and there's a lot of homeless there. And we were just I was with a girlfriend and we're walking down the street and out of a tent. That a homeless person is living in, he hucks, a dude hucks a drink at us and it like flies everywhere and like kind of gets on me and kind of gets on her. But it was like, okay, this person's homeless. Like obviously they have like some mental something. They think I'm someone that I'm not yeah. and they're really mad that I'm walking by their tent or whatever. So I kind of just, I mean, it wasn't like I like, I didn't laugh at it, but I also like was like, oh, like, okay, let's keep it moving. Like it just didn't yeah. even like register for me. I was like, okay, it's a homeless person and they're kind of crazy and they sort of thing. Then later on, I saw that my friend who I was with had gone on Instagram stories and was like, oh my God, guess what happened to us? We were walking down the street and I was like, oh. Was that
0: a big deal? Yeah, yeah. Like, I
1: just didn't even notice that it was a thing. Like, I kind of forgot about it right after, you know? But, like, someone... Or like, you're t- just
0: used to it living in Venice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was
1: just, like, okay. Like, I lived in Venice for two and a half years. Never yeah. had anything thrown at me. But this one time, and it just... It was kind of, like, a nothing to me. Like, yeah. it was just a little... And it kind of rolled off my shoulder. But I but it, I was with someone who had also happened to, and they were like, can you believe? And I so I was like, oh, that's an interesting it really does dictate like how big of a thing do you think this is? Yeah. You know, what's that word? I mean, I guess it's perception.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me, I've seen this a lot of people expecting you to be as upset over something that they're upset Mm. over. And it's, and being even upset that if you aren't upset, then, then there's something wrong with you. And you're like, why do I have to be as upset as you are over something that also doesn't even have to do with you like there's certain like I just I like to stay in my lane and sure I'm upset over you know there's there's lots of things going on in the world politics and coronavirus and all of these things but if I choose to be upset over every single one I mean I don't have any more capacity to like actually live my life so it really comes down to me I mean this and this goes back to even high school stuff too because I was the victim mentality I was constantly triggered by news I was constantly triggered by everything that I saw and and I finally was like I have to shut that off and stop watching and like work on myself because I was constantly anxious, I was constantly depressed, I was constantly blaming the world and I was just not happy. And I just realized that I couldn't continue to like be upset over every little thing. And so now it's just a conscious choice. And yeah, I still get upset over shit. Obviously, stupid stuff as we know from the last episode. <laughs> but but it's like you know, I choose to get upset and then I like look at what what can I really do? What can I actually do? And so, staying like creating drama, and especially like about other people, like stories about it was like that's doesn't have anything to do with me. So what you know, it could be fun to talk about for a second, and that's why like we love gossip because sometimes it just feels good. But then it's like okay, but then then what? There's nothing to do with that.
1: Yeah, they've actually um, there's a lot of research on gossip actually that goes back to like just tribal times where people if you gossiped, it meant that you were in the know with what was going on in the village, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, it was a way for you to verify, hey, we all agree that so-and-so is not pulling their weight, right? Right. Like, and -and so-and-so is not doing enough for the tribe, right? So, it was, like, a way to connect and feel validated, and now we see that across, I mean, we see that in politics, we see that, like, in religion, we see, like, everyone just agreeing with one another and gossiping being the tool to be, like, okay, we're all safe because we're in the know, right? And it's... um. It feels gross Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. I notice that when I do it too. And I'm like, why did I just like, you know, when you're, when you're giving a piece of information that has nothing to do with you, like what we're doing here, like we're processing, I might come to you and say, Hey, can I like this thing happened? Can you like, what what do you, what's your take on this? Right. But I'm not like talking shit about the person. I'm just going, I had this odd interaction can you verify that I'm not crazy for thinking that that might be a thing or what's your take on that? Or like, I'm open to feedback. Was that weird or no, I'm not going like, I'm not talking about that person and shit talking for the sake of just to feel like, I don't know that you think I'm cool or whatever. Yeah.
0: You know, I think just, I think there's some piece of, I, I don't know, a piece in our DNA that likes it because we do it so much. And I think that's how, you know, um, reality TV like it thrives on the drama it thrives on the like the storylines you know missing each other and so I don't know I do like back to your point with with creating an honor code I really think it does come down to really having to be conscious of it because I think this unconscious behavior and especially like it rubs off on you if other people around you are doing it then you start to do it and we start to behave in ways that We maybe didn't choose and we're like, why did, why am I involved in this? I'm not really sure how this happened, but you do have to be really aware of it. And I really love creating like the kind of person you want to be. And then having that dictate your actions and your behaviors.
1: Well, that's what's the hard thing about it, right? It's easy to say. Oh yeah, I won't gossip. Or it's easy to say, Mm -hmm. you know, I won't talk shit or I won't lie. It's easy to say those things. But when the rubber meets the road, what do you choose, right? And so that's where you go out into the world and go, okay, cool. I just said that in my honor code, let's test it out. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in a situation where people are gossiping and maybe I do feel like, oh, if I, if I, you know, chimed in, maybe I'd be seen a certain way or I'm in on the joke or whatever, but you hold your tongue because that's what you said that you would do. It feels good. You can walk away feeling proud. Yeah. I feel a lot better doing that with holding than I do contributing.
0: There's definitely been a few times where I've opened my mouth and after, and I was like, why did I do that? I did not need to say that. And I feel like an idiot. And now I'm like, now I'm all nervous because I'm like, I don't want that to get back to the other person. Like, that's a shitty feeling. You're like, oh, why did I do that? Like, dumb. And then it's just going back to, I was trying to fit in somehow. You know, I wanted to like participate. And I was like, that was stupid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Anyway, I'm curious um, to hear the thoughts of people about this drama stuff and uh, the honor code. I want to actually sit down. I remember I read that book like a year ago. I'm going to go through it again. Um, But I really was inspired by just like, you know, trying to figure out what do I really stand for and um, what characteristics. And I have a few, but it's not written down and I don't have it memorized. So I I want something more solid. I like that.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. It was a good exercise and we'll see if I can live by it. Yeah, let's see. Well, anyway, we're interested in you guys. uh, What sort of take you have on this? I know that so much of what uh, is tough in our lives is often relational. So, you know, things come up that maybe don't make that make you feel uncomfortable or you don't know how to handle it. And I remember, you know, Jade actually saying a couple of years ago, and I adopted this as well. He was like, you know, if he's like, if I have something to say about somebody, I'm going to tell them to their face. And I think that's always just a good rule to live by. It's like, would I feel comfortable saying this to their face? Otherwise I'm not going to say it to someone else. So I always remind myself if I'm constantly talking about someone to not to them, like I should just go and talk to them. You know, like I find myself me fleshing out stuff about Keith with you. Yep. And then, but at some point I know I'm going to go and talk to him about it. Sure. I might flesh it out with you, but I'm not sitting here talking shit about him and like complaining about him with zero, you know, intention of going and talking to him. So I think if you do catch yourself Talking about someone else all the time to your friends or whoever, it's probably time to bring it up to that person. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, if you guys do the exercise, let us know what your anti-values are and then whatever the opposites of those are. And if you guys want to know, I'd be happy to share mine and maybe Danny will too.
0: Yeah. And you know what, if you want to have these conversations, like if you're like, okay, now I need to actually bring this up. The happiness diet is a good place to start. Go to the happiness We have like a six week program. There's so much in there about communication and, um, just working on yourself. It's just like a handbook, personal development crash course and so many things so check that out it's a program jill and i put together and uh it's
1: really juicy like we actually did a whole like whole module on like toxic people and like resentment and victim mentality and how to like manage all of that so much of this stuff is great in theory but we get tested out we Mm -hmm. go out and live in the world with the people oh show all
0: right y'all we'll see you on the next episode Bye. Bye.